Sure. Let's keep things European. Hello. <laughs> and the points total from Sweden are. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm all right. Yeah. You voted? Voted. Yeah. In all, in all the way. It's and strange how people are much more um, vocal about which way they voted in this, isn't it, than um, a general election when, you know, probably quite a large proportion of the population like to keep themselves to themselves. They don't in this, do they? No, there were people telling us as we were coming out. Um, really? <clears throat> yeah, it seems to be... Very popular. We're right by the voting state polling station, um, yep. which is the village hall. So um, it's been very busy all day, um, not like all the other elections. And there were people no. asking all sorts of questions about what they should be doing. So they clearly haven't voted for either a long time or ever at all. And yeah. the, we've got quite an ageing population in the village, so it was mainly olds doddering about and cars half parked on pavements and diagonally, and it was mayhem. Yeah, it's still, yeah, old, it's actually, it's still really busy yeah. outside. Old polling station was really busy as well. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Bloody wasted time. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I feel a lot more confident this week than I did last week. Yeah, me too. Yes, the um, the pessimism has receded slightly. Yeah. yeah. So fingers crossed, it's not misplaced optimism. No. So, uh, do you want to talk about the show first, or do you want to just jump straight yeah, in? Let's just go with it, shall we? Okay, your turn. Uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to North v South, the podcast about but not about design. Uh, and I'd like to start the show by welcoming our listeners in Guam, uh, particularly uh, Nina and Justin, who messaged us on uh, our Facebook page. You know, last week, you was it last week or the week before, you mentioned uh, that we had some hits in in Guam and you weren't sure whether it was kind of a, a router thing but uh, but no we have listeners in Guam so hello hello Guam can you be re- more Pacific <laughs> I yeah. can't really. hi Guam uh, yeah. yeah thanks for the message it was great it was really funny yeah <laughs> brilliant and I and I have to uh, admit I had to check where Guam was I was right but I had to check I wasn't entirely sure where it was um, if you don't know where Guam was, it's in the um, it's in the Pacific. It's in Micronesia. Mm. Uh, it sounds lovely there too. Um, yeah. Uh, so, how's your week been, John? Um, Come on, positivity. Has it been better than last week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could only get better. Wife's back from um, from the show, so uh, I've got a bit of uh, relief on childcare, um, and the projects are starting to peter out now so and they're coming to the end so it's just sort of tidying up and redoing things i had lots of mad panic bits and bobs but um yeah no it's been it's been a better week this week i'm feeling like i can start seeing the wood for the trees the next week Uh, by the end of next week i'll be uh nearly finished so yeah yeah have you got more more stuff lined up or well i hadn't and then today i got a load of emails you know from other clients saying when you free next to start another project so Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really want to be, but you've got to keep stoking the fire, haven't you? Especially you with the, these builders, um, you know, with all the money burning up the uh, chimney, as it were. <laughs> yeah. how's, that all, how's that all going? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, no, it's good. We had the plaster here yesterday, my friend, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, yes. <laughs> no, Nick, he's, uh, uh, no, he's excellent. So, yeah, we, we've finished the, well, the utility room's plastered now, so it's ready to put the kitchen in. We're putting like a mini kitchen in there and then another proper kitchen somewhere else. Because <clears throat> we've got two, dogs and the countryside. It's A two-kitchen family. Well, it's not really a kitchen. It's more like a sink with, you know, it's a utility room. But, right. Um, because, Is it just for sluicing down purposes? Yeah, because we don't have pave. Well, where we, we're just literally at the end of the pavement bit. So um, it gets very muddy um, around here, wherever you go. It's, yeah. Uh, so whenever you come in, you're just cut, you know you're, you're wearing boots and then the dogs, and so we want to create like an area in the house where you don't tread mud through it. <clears throat> Sounds like a plan. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I'm pretty boring. Um, well, no. It's, oh, well, it's, we had Father's Day, didn't we? We had Father's of Day, so yes. um, I enjoyed that with my daughter on my own. We went for a picnic, um, and it was lots of fun. We went to the yeah. swings. Yeah, 
did things well, that you can do with two-year-olds. Yeah, perfect. Was there um, was the pie involved? The pie was involved. We had it for picnic. Yeah, she liked Excellent. it. Excellent. She was. Well, she only ate the pastry, but yeah, I think that was the best thing about the pie. Yeah. So, what about your week? You've been busy. You've been had a big big wedding on. Yes. So, I'm sure most regular listeners know my wife's a wedding florist. As we had our, one of our biggest weddings of the year uh, today. Um, uh, so yeah, that was a lot of hard work, lots of packing the van in pouring rain and unpacking it in the rain and moving things in the rain. Um, so there was a lot of rain involved, but, um, it all went very well. The bride was delighted. Uh, so it was just very tiring, uh, a few days really, cause it's been nonstop, particularly for Steph. So sort of the last three days, she's just been on the feet for sort of 14, 15 hours a day, getting everything ready. Um, and it was an early start this morning. Um, we had to be at the venue, which is up up your neck of the woods, uh, near Farnham. Um, we had to be there at eight this morning. So an early start. Um, but hopefully I'll make it through the podcast without um, falling asleep at the desk. But that has pretty much been my week. No drawing? Um, any very scribblings? little, very little drawing. And to be honest, the wedding's been sort of so consuming the last couple of days. I've pretty much forgotten about anything I might have done in the first half of the week. Um, yeah, I finished a tattoo commission, which was a kind of a cutaway lighthouse. Uh, so that's winging its way yeah, to... I saw that. It's very different to your normal... Well, it, it, you can tell it's you, but it's, it's um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really nice. Well it, well, it was requested. You know, he said very specifically, can you do this? Um, and he even asked for sort of specific things to be in it. Um, so he's having it tattooed in his forearm. He, he thoughtfully sent me a picture of his forearm for reference. Um, and, uh, it was human, yeah. yeah it was, yeah. Uh, and the... Um, it's a big tentacle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the original illustration is going to go on his daughter's wall, Lovely. which is nice. But it's nice. And uh, I think... So it was a cutaway drawing of a lighthouse so you can see all the stuff going on inside. Um, and I think I'm going to do a few more. So I've got plans to do um, a submarine, a rocket and a castle. There's cutaway drawings, which might be fun. Yeah, um, so that's pretty much it for my week. I've, I received. We were talking about uh, field notes last week. I received my latest box of goodies from them uh, today, which are really nice little reporters. You know, the kind of traditional flip, flip top. Yeah. Reporter's Notebook. They've uh, produced one of those in conjunction with some, I think he's from a reporter from the Washington Post. Uh, and they're nice. Kind of in a, a dark grey stock with black, almost black uh, ink on them. They've got really nice little um, bits of info on the inside of covers and stuff, proofreading marks and source guidelines and time zones. Really nicely put together. So reinforcing my love of... Uh, Field Nuts brand. <laughs> have, you, so have, have there been any follow-up from that since last week? Or you there that? hasn't. There hasn't. I know uh, uh, Daniel Bunyoth Grid listened to the podcast, um, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard what he thought about our chat about notebooks. So uh, I'll post. I'll post him a picture of the, um, <laughs> the reporters' notebooks because they're quite nice. Yeah, and see what he makes of it. Okay. Well, let's get on to some news then. Um, let's. So this is. This is predominantly up to you this week, John, because I've been um, too busy the last couple of days. Well, it's going to be a short show then, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> you normally do all the work there. Good night, Guam. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'll start with a story that you and I posted up, which is um, uh, an app that has been put out by an ad agency, Grey, <laughs> the ad agency. Um, yeah. It's turned out that this app is a fake, has been a complete fake so it's produced in conjunction with um, MOAS, which is a, a charity that works, uh, a refugee charity, um, which is supposed to bring, uh, brings together humanitarian and technological efforts um, to have a concrete impact on the continued refugee crisis at sea. So it's very specific. So they worked with them um, and produced this app called the IC app which was supposed to use live satellite imagery and then kind of what's uh, kind of crowdsource it wasn't it so if you had the app you get a ping on your phone and you'd be sent an image um and if you could spot uh, a boat you could flag it up 
and it would then be followed up, I guess. Uh, yeah, sorry, I've, I've just uh, leapt into your chat here, but it won, um, it won a, a medal at the Cannes Lions uh, Advertising Industry Awards um, last week. And then it was a couple of days later, it was um, it was discovered that it was a complete uh, lie, that it wasn't using live data at all. It was just static images randomly sent to random people um, and flagging them up obviously had uh, no impact at all. Um, so it's kind of... The uh, the antithesis is what we were talking about last week about you know designers doing stuff that is you know good for the world, not just making things pretty. And it looked like grey. It's the, it's the grey group, and it's the Singapore branch that have done this. Um, and they couldn't have been more despicable, really. I don't think. One one thing I couldn't find because the the app's now been pulled from the store is whether or not you had to buy the app um, or not. That hasn't cropped up in any of the things, so I'm assuming it was free, but still. Yeah, it's pretty low, isn't it? Um, it is. And I can't understand why they did it. I wonder if it was almost like a, a, just a concept that somehow got pushed through and launched before there was anything behind it. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Because it's not something that would, A, make them a lot of money, and B... No. Um, uh, it would be found out pretty quickly, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so why did it go live? I, I have no idea. No, but, very strange. But, but it's weird because if you, if sorry, go on. No, it's just it's interesting. Uh, ad, ad agencies have always come under fire, haven't they? As being the kind of the uh, the, the part of creative industries that lack moral compasses yes. sometimes, and they you know they're always being accused of ripping off artists, stealing ideas, you know, all that kind of thing. But this is a new a new low, <laughs> I'd say. I mean, I don't know the full story. I'd have to really look into it. But I just, I, it, my eyebrows, you know, did the old Roger Moore yeah. when, I, yeah. when I read it, which is, you know, how disingenuous is that? It's so yeah. dishonest. It, it is. It's strange. On um, Grace Singapore's website, it's in their news, it still talks about the um, the app. And there's a, a link for more information about the IC app, which takes you through to a Wired article. Because it was featured, when it launched, it was featured on quite a lot of uh, kind of tech websites. I mean, Reuters featured it. But if you go to, through to the, follow the link to the Wired article, it's been updated. Um, and um, so Griffith, uh, this was, um, where is it? The NGO um Moas, that they were working in conjunction with, um, said, Griffigood is a well-intentioned pro bono arm of a globally known ad agency. When they approached Moas with the idea of an app that could crowdsource the ability to identify vessels in distress, we provided input based on their real-world experience. Among that advice was the need for real-time input to save lives. We were dismayed to discover that real-time images were not being used. We've since discontinued our relationship with Griffigood and spoken candidly about our disappointment to the media. Yes, so it wasn't. It wasn't even just sort of some bizarre thing that was spawned out of an ad agency. It was specifically come from the pro bono arm of a an ad agency, which makes it even worse. But surely the the story it's weird. The story because surely the uh, charity were testing this device and seeing live satellite images. Surely, well, but yeah. would you know? No, but but surely they would see a boat, wouldn't they? Or at least at some. Point. But that's but that's what they, they. I think they were doing. They were feeding. You know, some images wow. were just static images of the sea. Some yeah. had pictures of boats. In. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, if it was that, then it's then it is outrageous, and the, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there, there'll be uh, their their Moas's solicitors will be looking into that. Yeah. Um, if it was if it was a case of that it was working at one point and then the satellite imagery feed was so expensive that the ad agency decided that they weren't going to pay for it and then pulled that part of it that mm. could be part of the story couldn't it it could um, but it's still pretty horrific i think it also touches on something else that we've talked about quite a few times is um the fact that the press loved to jump on pr feeds without testing anything because obviously they'd reviewed all of these you know all these sites had reviewed this app 
without yeah. actually ever using it, really, because it, you couldn't even log into it, apparently. Yes. It, uh, it, was, it was only when it was stripped down by a company looking at you know, how things work, they realized that everything was hardwired. So, mm. you know, there was no database to log into the uh, control panel for it, etc. Yeah, et it, was, it, was, it was hard programmed, wasn't it, to come back with an error when you tried to log in? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, not not good. Not good news for the design <laughs> industry. Great for good, not very good. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, and then next up was... Um, I don't want to have too much news all every week. We were talking about brands, um because we're not, you know, I want to get more onto illustration and, and, and other subjects, but um, it seems to be quite a lot of brands being pushed out as, uh, as designers trying to go on their summer holidays, <laughs> or people are. Um, but there's, uh, it, was a, it was a John Hicks comment on Twitter that led me to this story. Um, John Hicks being a, an icon designer. Don't know if you know him at all. Yes. Um, wrote a brilliant book um, uh, about how to design icons. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but I'm sure if you look up John Hicks, J-O-N, um, he uh, is a real, he used to have a podcast called the Risington podcast, which was quite good. A bit like this really, just rambly yeah. nonsense. Um, but he worked for Mozilla. I think it was him. I think he t- tied it or drew the Firefox logo at some yes, point. Yes, he did. Um, so Mozilla, who are the parent company of the, the Firefox browser, um, they are rebranding, but they've put their, rather than going to an agency, um, they are actually doing a transparent brand, a rebrand, um, which is they're calling Mozilla Open Design. Now, I haven't read too much about it, but I'm guessing it's just like a crowdsourced design um, uh, process um, that they're doing entirely online. It's called Branding Without Walls, and it's got a little timeline on it. Creative strategy is what they're doing in June, concepting in July refinement in september and guidelines in november so uh yeah you can follow along and drop in your ideas and get involved sounds an interesting way to do it doesn't it it does but obviously it's you know is there that danger of it being you know like all these other kind of almost free pitchy design competition things where you know they're basically you know using the expertise of others without paying them no I, I think they're working with agencies i think you've just got like a it's a, like, almost like a public consultation part-time um okay uh, i don't know who they're working with um or whether it's being designed internally um but it's similar to there's an op there's a content management system called drupal and i think they went through this process when mm-hmm. they updated their um uh, all their, you know, the UI and UX and everything yeah. on the control panel um, a couple of versions ago. But this is really quite major, isn't it? Um, mm. it's, it's a big, they're a big company. I mean, I know there's not much known, you know, you don't really hear about them a huge amount, but they're very powerful. I think a lot of the other browsers providers pay into the Mozilla Foundation um, to develop, you know, all the technology that drives the browsers. So they're funded by, you know, Microsoft, Apple. Yeah. Google, I think you know. I might be, that was certainly. I, I don't know if that, money from. Yeah, that's that was definitely the case before, wasn't it? I, I mean, Safari was based on the Mozilla um, rendering engines, engine, wasn't it? At one point, I don't know if it still is. No, I think they've gone to their own. They? Yeah. Hmm. I like the I like the idea of the the kind of public consultation and the openness of it, as long as it doesn't stray into that. Uh, that other area. No, I'd have to look into it a bit more, but it's, yeah. a, nice, it's a nice website actually. It works. Yes, it is nicely, and it's very clear. It's more like a government kind of website. Yeah, um, but they're priming to, priming the pump with seven thematic pathways of our own, aren't we all? <laughs> uh, the web the web community love to write a load of old crap, don't they? Yeah. Um, now I'm going to have a proper a proper read of that. It looks really interesting. Yeah, ideation, my favourite word. Jesus, I hate that word. It doesn't, it's nonsense. It makes me want to puke in my own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I bet really? that's I see at there was a lot of ideation going on there. Too yeah. much ideation, less, not enough refinement. Yeah. Oh, awful. Um, yeah, so that, that's an interesting little news story. Um, then there's another, uh, my other bit of news is there's a... Um, a new app from Twitter 
who are talking about, so going from one web um, community that seems to know what it's doing to another, to one that has absolutely no idea how it's going to make any money ever. Um, that has essentially become, you know, the mouthpiece for lots of um, millions and billions of people around the world, but actually can't make any money. Yeah. It's Twitter trying to find a way of making revenue. They've created something called Twitter engage, which I won't, repeat what i wrote to rob about but it's essentially a way for that celebrities um can tweet uh, out their uh, their updates without actually having to listen to any of the people that are following them so therefore circumnavigating the entire purpose of what twitter's all about which yeah. is a communication tool <laughs> it should really have been called twitter la 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 i can't hear you yeah <laughs> parsley in my ears yeah um, no it's it's just it's sickening and I just think it's grubby and really depressing <laughs> it's like, yeah. as a product. It really is. It's like, you know, I wrote, you know, these geese are honking for a reason. You know, it's the end of the, the Roman citadel has been breached by the barbarians. And uh, um, I think Twitter re- really needs to think about becoming part of another, you know, of part of Facebook or whatever, because, it, uh, you know, they, they don't seem to be able to generate ways of making money. That make any what, sense to anybody. What I can't work out is is how Twitter are burning through so much money. Uh, what what are they spending it on? <laughs> well, I imagine hosting. <laughs> well, <laughs> bandwidth yeah, is probably the so. biggest one. Um, but they, I yeah. think they, you know, yeah, they need to get back to basics. I mean, you know, what would happen to the platform if they started charging users? Like, you know, wouldn't that yeah. be the most obvious start to it all? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Mm. I mean, I'd certainly pay for um, Twitter. Well, there was a, yeah, yeah. I mean, I paid for apps, and so I'd yeah. happily pay for a Twitter, a Twitter-only app. Um, uh, there was another one that came out, wasn't there? Another they tried to start a social network, but they started it off as a paid model, and it, I don't, I, I can't remember what it's called, but it it completely has gone away. Um, but I mean, there are a few, aren't there? There's Ella, which which appeared. Hello. Yeah. Uh, and I still get emails from, um, and there, which, uh, and there's also uh, TPO, right? Which was a weird kind of not-for-profit um, social network, which was tagged along with uh, a like a mobile phone carrier that was supposed to, I think, provide m- mobile phone coverage in the developing world. So you kept getting, you know, invited to buy their Sims, which would then, you know, a proportion of that money would go towards projects in the developing world, Um, which was kind of interesting. But again, it's it's just so hard for any of these things to get um, traction, isn't it? Yeah. And, And without traction, you know, you're just shouting in an empty room. Yeah, they're, they're there now. They just need to work out something, how to make money. But um, yeah. Or maybe they don't. You know, they go, they become like Mozilla and become a foundation funded by other technologies who, you know, piggyback on the back of their, you know, their API. But they're so closed with their API now. Um, you know, again, trying to make money out of all the people that are building apps for it. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I, don't, I, can't see the, I can't see where the future's going for, for Twitter. And then, you know, you've got people like, Apple, whose messages app is being updated, um, <clears throat> is becoming much more of a network style uh, device, isn't it? They're adding a whole load, a whole slew of different uh, ways to communicate through it. Yeah, it's becoming a platform, isn't it? Yeah, and you can um, see all these people, you know, and Facebook Messenger as well I, that I don't install because it makes your battery run out. But um, yeah, that that's similar, isn't it? That you can yeah. you can pass different objects through it. Yeah, a bit like email, but it's actually you know it's a bit like Slack. It's a bit a bit of a uh, a hybrid system. Uh, I, I can see Twitter slowly moving away, or maybe it just becomes so mass market. It's just like shouting to, at somebody in the high street. And yeah, you, you only see a few people doing that these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more recently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. Um, the yeah, what was the other thing I saw? Uh, nothing, nothing news-wise. I mean, there's a new Adobe load of stuff out that's completely destroyed all my Adobe Illustrator installations. Uh, Has it? Yeah, 
Um, and it's, I haven't actually. And they've actually th- this is this is how awful it is. They've named Illustrator. Illustrator is now Illustrator CC two thousand and fifteen point three. Yeah, that's See, the, that's the name of the app. It's ridiculous, isn't it? They did, did lost this, the plot. Did this one require um, you to download an entire new yep. app? So yep. now, if you say uh, click on a file and open with, it gives you all the options of all the versions. Oh, I don't know. I've never. Uh, yeah. Does, oh, does yours you know. still do that? Is there, well, yeah, still because it doesn't. It? it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't delete the previous apps. Oh, it it does. The newer ones do delete, but they just leave oh, okay. a folder with any. So if you've got any plugins or anything like that, you've got to then manually move them over, and then some of them don't work. And yeah, but, but it's a point three. You know release it shouldn't break things and it shouldn't be so painful to to install and then so i installed it yesterday came in this morning and it installed itself again <laughs> and I, I i tweeted about it earlier and adobe you know the customer services got in touch yeah. with me like, yeah well, don't, that's good don't, don't bother it's a, it's a broken system that is rubbish and needs replacing it is horrific <laughs> i hate it i have to you know i like i like some of the apps but i think their system sucks and i think the paid for subscription thing is nonsense oh, yeah. i just want to buy the app and i don't want to have to update it <laughs> the end well that's well that's it for, for the vast majority of people who use you know two percent of of an app like illustrator or photoshop you know all these incremental upgrades that you get for free as part of your subscription are just pointless aren't they yeah, they are. Yeah. I've just also realised I've nearly finished my beer already. Oh, my God. I know. Well, it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll save that last bit. Um, yes, so is that is that the end of our news? I haven't got any more news. I was uh, going to talk about uh, bio, bioluminescent concrete, but I might save that. Maybe we'll, uh, well, maybe we'll do an architecture special. What is that? Where it glows in the dark? Yeah. Oh. It's... Uh, it's made up of particles similar to glass that absorb the light and then emit it when it's dark, which I think is a great idea. Um, well, yeah, so we're talking, we, we kind of jokingly said, let's talk about sacking clients because uh, it's been a busy week and that quite often um, <laughs> leads me to think about sacking clients. Um, and I think we've all been... Um, been in that position where you regret taking on a client or taking on a job um, and you may or may not have sacked them. Um, sometimes it's very difficult to sack a client. It's just a difficult thing to do. Um, and sometimes you, you simply don't do it because it's paying your bills. Um, but I think, I think the first thing I'd like to say about having to sack a client is I think it generally – uh, illuminates a failure on our part to begin with. So, you know, we we didn't see the warning signs or we didn't approach the, you know, the kind of initial communication with the client in the right way. We didn't set the right boundaries for the work. Um, and that, you know, this happened to me a long time ago when I was first started freelancing. Um, I had a guy who was provided me with about 80% of my freelance work. Um, and I thought that was great. So I would put up with the fact that he'd call me up at 9.30 at night and want things for the next morning. And I'd put up with that for quite a while. But obviously it gets more and more painful. Um, and eventually I had, to, I had to sack him as a client, which meant losing you know, a lot of income, but it had got to a point where it just simply wasn't, it wasn't worth it. I'd worked on, um, he'd asked me to design some concepts for a website for a, a private hospital. And I said to him right at the beginning, this, this needs to be done by a, a web developer and a web design agency, not me. And he said, oh, it's just look and feel. Uh, and eventually that snowballed and snowballed. And I find myself designing, you know, an 80 or 90 page website. Um, and at that point, he was still supposed to be getting in someone to build it. I said I couldn't build it. And um, he got some people who worked at a, a little print shop that he owned to build it. 
and a couple of weeks later I got a call from his boss uh, saying, Rob, can you can you help us out why none of us at the, at the NHS Trust can access this website that you've built for us? At first, I obviously had to say that I didn't build it. He said, um, we're all on Internet Explorer 6 um, and it, it won't work in Internet Explorer 6 and it's a whole NHS using Ex- Internet Explorer 6 and it just won't work. Um, which just... So that's the point at which I sacked him because he dropped me in it with his boss and, you know, it kind of made me look like a dick. Um, but I should have seen the uh, warning signs earlier. I mean, I did see them. I just ignored them and I let it carry on and carry on. Um, and it just, it's just painful. But we've all had to, we all had to sack a client. Have you had to sack a client, John? I'm not very good at it. I, I'm good at telling people to do it, uh, but I'm not very good at it. I, I my warning signals go very quickly from being um, uh, really helpful to being really unhelpful. I think is the, the way I deal with it. Um, I've I've had definitely had clients. We've had as an agency, we have sacked clients um, or, mm-hmm. or definitely stopped working with them. Um, I've only had a couple of major blowouts with clients. Um, but since I've been on my own, I've got, you know, I've 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 had clients come and go, and the ones that have gone, I've um, engineered it so that I don't work yeah. with them anymore. Um, but the, I, I'm pretty strict in how I work, so I don't, you know, if if I'm being pushed, I, I, I will, you know, I will um, moan about clients till the cows come home behind their backs but um <laughs> but you know or you know at home i'll you know moan about things but I, I don't i don't i just tend to get the work done so um if i don't want to do the work i'll just say no i don't want to do it but i'm terrible at uh at the cutoff point do you know what i mean so yeah. often a client will come to you and say when can you do this work and you say well in a week's time they're like Pfft. The sucking of teeth, and I go, well, if I move this around and I swap this and blah, 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 and how about I do it in three days? Oh, well, you know, I still need it. And at that point, I'll be like, well, you know, that's it. That's, that's you know, that's as far as I'm going. But yeah. um, always, there's always give and take, isn't there? And there's always um, going to be friction between you and a client because that's just the way business works. But um, no, I've never, I haven't sacked anybody at the moment, no. Um, I've had, I've definitely had clients who've overstepped the mark, and um, I've had to tell them that they're overstepping the mark. Either being overly friendly or familiar, I think, is really weird. Calling out of hours, um, you know, asking me to just asking me really, really, really weird things. Um, but but I, I want examples now. John. <laughs> or are they asking you for recipes to be the Go, godparent to their going child? To, going to the cinema. What? <laughs> uh, and um, giving me. Uh, Local, uh, giving me meats from their local butcher was one particular client recently. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism uh, or a bizarre mating ritual. <laughs> well, maybe it was. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had all, so- all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Um, but yeah, the, you know, in the old days, yeah, calling up on Sunday, Saturdays, yeah. um, emailing me at seven in the morning, phoning me really early. Um, yeah, I just I, I I put a stop to it. I'll just pick the phone up and say I'm not working now. And you can call me in the morning. And if they don't like that, they don't come back to me. And yeah, that has happened with a couple of clients. Um, also, I'll just put in a massive price. You know, just <laughs> that would yeah. normally end the relationship. But I'm not a confrontational person, so I um I don't tend to uh, you know attack. I'm not like an attack dog. If I'm if I'm pushed too far, I'll just really withdraw into myself and 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 be as difficult as possible. <laughs> wonderfully British which isn't the way I should do it I know but it's just it's the not, way but I if it's deal a, with it if it's effective yeah, I, then but I don't, I don't have um, yeah I mean they'll, they'll always annoy you won't they clients <laughs> so. this, this is one of the things in that Mike Montero book that we talked about a few weeks ago is that you know he's very much of the opinion that if you're pissed off with a client or you know they're behaving like a bad client then it's your fault for not you know, communicating properly and not educating them in the ways that you need to work with them. I mean, that's definitely the way, you know, the, the mistakes that I've made is, you know, you tend to let things go for so long and then it just becomes awkward and difficult to stop it, you know, if it's gone on for so long. 
Um, and that's, I think that's one of the, the most painful things about that situation as well is you're doing work, uh, for a client you no longer like, uh, you're doing it at good awful hours and it just, you're annoyed because it's your fault. Yeah. If you're, if you're sitting designing or, you know, whatever you're doing and you're grinding your teeth about what you're doing, you need to up your prices or, yeah. you know, reject the job. And yeah. you, you, know, you can always say no, you don't have to do it. But I'm, I, I'm really good at preaching that, but I'm terrible when, when I know what it's like, when you get that, that offer of the work, you will always say yes, because we all need money. We all need to yeah. pay the rent. Um, like, like today, the conversation I had with a well, uh, an email back and forth with the client today, and I was I was saying just yesterday to my wife, oh, I'm going to take, I'm not going to work July because I want to get this kitchen sorted and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I got, uh, you know, it was like, well, what are you up to in July? <laughs> I was like, oh, nothing, you know, yeah, can't <laughs> happily take on that project. And I yeah. just can't unless it's block booked out in the diary and I'm going on holiday somewhere. I can't help myself. Um, but I, I think during the process of that job, I would be very much like, yeah, this is this is how I'm going to work. These are the hours that I work. Um, this is what I'll be doing here, here, and here, and here. And try and keep the communication channels open at all times so that yeah. they are they are aware of what's where they stand. But it's really hard to become, you know. And sometimes they don't give you the full information, so you'll start a job and it'll be one thing. Um, like I, I started a job this week. It was a two-page, you know, I was told it was a flyer. It came in, it was a brochure. <laughs> I'm like, I've only booked in an hour to do this work. It's, this is a four-page brochure. All right, can you still do it for thir- you know Thursday print deadline? Well, again, that's the first time you've told me there's a print deadline. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but yeah, so it, it, it's, you know, if I'd have just said, yeah, fine, and then got that job and I'd only had an hour spare, then I'd have been in all sorts of trouble. Um, yeah. But as it was, I, I went back to the client and told them, you know, no, but you can get it Friday. So, and you know, they accept that because uh, a brochure isn't going. People aren't going to die if a brochure is a day late. Honesty and openness is the key. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was thinking back to when we have fired people. We we did fire one particular client um, who was a, an exhibition guy he was, I thought you were going to say an exhibitionist yeah no he was not a nice person but um he hadn't paid his bill for ages and ages and we built a few websites for them and we were, we were building quite a lot of websites back then but that was this is 10 years ago yeah and uh we pulled his websites because he hadn't paid any bills so we just took the hosting down which is kind of it wasn't my decision but it's kind of a really it's the, lo- it's the nuclear option isn't it it is <laughs> um and uh, he went absolutely ballistic, this play. <laughs> but, um, did you get paid? Uh, I think we did. We didn't work for him again after yeah. that. Um, but we use the analogy, if you don't pay your gas bill, you get your gas cut off. And he was absolutely. like, it's not like gas. Okay, well, then if you don't pay your Sky subscription, Sky <laughs> gets cut off. That's what it's like. And he's like, no, yeah. it's not like that. You know, Um so there's this sort of, yeah, there are lots of things, aren't there, that this unbelievable belief that things are people's, especially on the web. They think it's, you know, the hosting kind of side of it, that it's it's a natural right. Yes. They have that website up 100% of the time, always working. Yeah. But they only want to pay 20 quid a year, a year for their, for their hosting. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of other ones where we've, no... I think we've had really difficult. We've been fired. That's yeah. I can talk about the flip side of that. That's always nice. Um, but that is again lack of communication and expectations. Um, yeah. So, but what about you? I mean, well, um, apart from that, um, that one example I gave, I haven't had to fly, fire any clients. But um, a friend of mine in Northern Ireland works for a company in the design business he's not a designer but um or maybe he is maybe he used to be maybe he still is um but uh, a few weeks ago he um he posted a picture of himself in a in a neck brace and in a with a drip in his arm from a hospital bed um and he'd collapsed he'd been working late um and he'd been working late a lot you know he does you know put the hours in and um, he'd been walking uh, down the stairs at sort of one thirty in the morning, 
and he just collapsed. Um, fell down the stairs and was found unconscious by his wife three hours later. Um, and spent, I think he spent a night in hospital. Um, and really, luckily, you know, nothing was broken. I mean, it could have, could have been terrible, but um, nothing was broken. So he was just very, very bruised and uh, battered from the experience. Uh, and it was put down, the doctors just put it down to exhaustion and overwork, which is a bit of a wake-up call for him and for a, kind of for a lot of us that were his friends who were, you know, used to doing the same thing to get work out the door. Um, but the reason I'm sort of mentioning it is because um, uh, a couple of days later, or maybe the next day, um he got uh, an email from a client saying, I understand your situation, but you're now late with my project. Um, so he said, I love my clients, or should I say ex-clients? So he sacked that client, and the client was very apologetic and, uh, and wanted to have a meeting about you know, how they could go forward. And I think uh, my friend sort of relented uh, at this meeting as the the client was very contrite and apologetic about the way they'd behaved, not just that kind of specific situation, but kind of previously as a client. Um, so they said they'd, uh, you know, they keep her on as a client and this is how we'll work. And then as soon as they said that, the client went back to their old ways, making demands, um, literally in, in the, still in the meeting, you know, demanding things, uh, kind of unreasonable timetables, um, so they rescinded their offer and sacked the client. Um, and it was taken up by uh, another company that they know uh, who are now also sacking that client. Mm. So that kind of ties into the whole thing. We've, we've talked about quite a lot about, you know, as a freelancer or as someone who runs your own business, how do you kind of stay healthy in mind and body with the, the pressures of, you know, having to provide for yourself and your family and feeling like you can never say no to work and, you know, doing, going, you know, above and beyond for your clients. How do you balance that with your your health and your sanity without it becoming, uh, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like that. I, I think towards the end of last week, I, was, I did feel quite wobbly at times, um, yeah. especially in the evenings. And I think I've just done, you know, I've done nearly five weeks of, uh, well, 12 plus hour days um, for seven days a week. Um, I feel, I, you know, and I, I actually had the night off last night for the first time. Uh, that's the first time I haven't worked during the week. And I, it has really affected me and I really need to rethink my workload. Yeah, um, it, it hasn't helped that I've had two things pause and, you know, and it was all piled up on top of each other, but I shouldn't have put myself under that pressure and in that situation. And that is, you know, it's not the client's fault. They want the work, but I some, you know, I need to be able to put enough buffers in between jobs um, that this doesn't happen. But if mm. something delays for a month, two months, there's nothing you can do about it. And um, especially if you want, and you want to work on that job. Um, so it's, it's really, really tricky. Um, but I definitely see my health as being more important these days. And um, when when we were when I was a sign agency, um, we definitely we worked for really really nasty people. Generally, I'd say ninety percent of our clients were awful, um, really aggressive. We did, we had a side to a business which was an estate agent signs, you know, putting out the boards and everything. Um, yeah. And again, so you'd get really abusive messages from house owners where you know they didn't want the sign up or they had been put onto a wall that was not theirs or, or you know, or it had fallen down or as it always did, cause they always crumble those things. And, um, yeah, so we'd, you'd be getting abusive, uh, phone calls most of the day. Um, and I think I just grew up, you know, in my twenties working in that culture that when I came out of it, the last thing I ever wanted to do was have that stress again. Um, so that's why I've always sort of shied away from being in a, in a larger agency and dealing with people I just didn't want to deal with. And I've kind of hidden away from the account side of things. Now I'm back. I, it's much more of a one-to-one -one relationship that I have with my clients. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I much prefer it that way. And I, fi I also find it's much easier to deal with medium, you know, to larger businesses than it is with small 
businesses because it's conf- it seems to be confrontational with small businesses. Um, there's always a lot of loggerheads. I don't know whether that's yeah. uh, that defences go up because they don't know as much or they're unsure what they want, so therefore they're a little bit, I don't know. Unsure. Certainly smaller clients need sort of more hand-holding and guidance, don't they, and education, I guess, yeah. in how the whole process works, whereas a, a slightly bigger company, they'll be used to commissioning design or um so they've you know they've got more of an idea about you know time skills and deadlines not always but sometimes yeah. so there's a process they can follow i mean often often i'll get the i'll get the feeling straight away and i'll just close it down i mean i had one the other day actually um a guy phoning me phoned me tw- three times i was i was doing something and i was working and this number came up i didn't know who it was and i get a lot of i mean increasingly get more and more calls from just automated services that drop yep. me batty yeah, but this was this person left a message and said you know oh I'm, I'm interested in getting a website sorted and blah 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 left a message um can you please call me back and then phone me back five times two or three times after that um, wow you must rarely need a website yeah and I, and I was like well i'm booked up for the next six weeks six weeks i need this done next week like, well, good luck getting a website built yeah um and i was like well i'm sorry i'm not interested but um and he was really rude to me uh you know really short and abrupt and i was like well that you know that's yeah. closed off there. So that's as far as that relationship got with me. Um, but I do, I do really avoid confrontation. I don't, I, I just don't deal with it personally well. Um, and if I'm pushed too far, I really, <laughs> don't want, you don't want to be around. <laughs> but you know, I, I I've never seen you riled. No, it takes a lot. But um, I, I, you know, I will just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like it. So I, I um, yeah, I, do, I just avoid it. Um, and I guess it doesn't, you know, it probably restricts the growth of my business, et cetera, et cetera. But life's too short to work for people who are aggressive and um, grabby yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and over-demanding. But just and like you, like you said, that's the, you know, the reason you, one of the reasons you work for yourself. So you don't have to deal with those people and you don't have to do the jobs you don't want to do. No, you just, it's just hard, isn't it? You slowly get sucked into into relationships and because you're a designer you it is a relationship it's about talking to the client and understanding their needs and then translating that into something that improves whatever problem they had at the beginning and Mm. most clients don't understand that part of it but that's what it feels like to them is like a a, is a friendship and that's why i think sometimes it can overstep the mark of that friendship or the relationship that you build and that's when it becomes really difficult because it's more like a marriage than you know, just phoning up a, a plumber or whatever, or uh, you know, a solicitor, and just using them for a one-off service. <clears throat> it, 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 it's, it, it's much more involved than that. Um, yeah. Talk, talking about uh, other uh, sort of friendly clients, the, the client I sacked, um, he's the one that um, did I tell you about this last week? He lent me his Jaguar. No. You, about he, he, you, you mentioned one a few weeks ago. Well, um, uh, he had he had three jacks. Yeah, and he lent me one. Oh right, for nearly two years. <laughs> That's drove not around lending, in a nice. <laughs> I drove around his in his jag for two years. Oh. which was great. You still but, hear from him at all or not? No, no. not anymore. No. no. <sighs> so uh, have we got any? Was there a? Uh, a little summary of um, what we've learnt from this conversation. <laughs> Don't so, work for dicks. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be a good T-shirt, couldn't it? But, um, yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say, you know, Mike Montero is right about it's your fault um, because it's, that's not taking into account different pe- people's personality traits and and, yeah. and how they and how they deal with people. But um, if you don't have checks and balances in place and you just say yes to everything you are going to get abused by clients and not on purpose but they will um upset you and just don't let that happen just uh i just say you know plan plan your work and and if people are starting to push the wrong buttons tell them you know have that have that conversation with them Uh, yeah but uh definitely um don't let people push you around yeah, nip it in the bud. 
Yeah, definitely. Conversation. I know it, it, sometimes it feels like dread, you know, picking up that phone and having that conversation, but you'll feel so much better after it, don't you? You always do yeah. when you have that. Because most people, once you confront them about something, they will give in fairly quickly um, and if they're not and they are super aggressive then you've got real cause for concern haven't you going forward yeah absolutely a lot of people you know you know if, if they're being a, an awkward client they they don't even always know do they they just think you know that's how it works so um, yeah, half, half of it is not knowing the process and not, mm. not understanding it i think if it's money-based um, then it's your fault. You know, if you're if you're not being paid for something and you haven't taken deposit for something, then you've only got yourself to blame. You, you know, um, that uh, if you can't, if if you've got a new client, always always get a deposit um, because it proves that that you know that they can pay and that they will pay um, because you will get ripped off at some point. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because I've been, I've had it. Uh, have you had it? Have you been ripped off for money? Uh, not um not as a designer or illustrator right. um we got ripped off um steph and i when we were running the flower business we got ripped off by um there was a uh, like a farmer's market in hampton hill it was kind of more of a supermarket yeah i liked uh, it there yeah it was great and we had a like a sort of concession thing in there selling flowers and oh, gifts right. and things um but obviously everything went through their tills and they went bankrupt um, with a couple of grand's worth of our money. And they opened again a few weeks later with the same directors under a different trading name. What, even though they went bankrupt? Yeah, well, it was some of the same people involved, so maybe they weren't directors of the first company, but yeah. Um, and we never got, we never saw a penny. They owed, you know, they owed us a couple of grand. I think they owed... 440 grand to the bank wow yeah but I mean that was a different situation but yeah we got done I always wondered what happened to that place yes scum scum (laughs) yeah well you know I mean I don't know how you you start a big business like that and you rack up how do you rack up so much debt god knows there must be you know must be warning signs pretty quickly that this isn't working (laughs) Yeah, you know, even I thought two hundred grand down, you'd be like, "Yeah, I, I don't think selling organic milk in Hampton's working out." Yeah, well, that's you know, that was just the bank. I had no idea how much they had in total. I think they had the landlord a shed load as well. So, my website of the week this week isn't a website so much as actually a lack of a website. Now, um, I haven't clicked on this yet. Right, but it's yeah. it's a painting by. Um, a chap called Jarrow Hess, and he painted it in 1930, um, and it's called The Land of Make-Believe. Now, this... Oh, hang on, this isn't... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I I was... I just clicked on the... uh, And there's this, your YouTube. Oh, right, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes. Uh, I just thought this would really appeal to you, this little illustration. It's... it's, I love it. It's basically a poster um, of the... It's called The Land of Make-Believe, and he's taken... um, this kind of uh, isometric view of a of a map, uh, coloured very much in the ni- in nineteen thirties colours, um, and it's got lots of uh, make believe and fairy tale characters all over it. So there's castles and lakes and all sorts of things, and um, you know there's the three bears and um, old Mother Hubbard's house and uh, all sorts of things like that. And you could just look at it for hours and hours. But apparently this was a really popular poster in the, you know, 1940s, 1950s for kids to have on their walls. Um, but it's kind of died out and somebody posted it onto uh, Facebook. I just think it's a lovely thing. And there's, there's hardly any information about the artist. And it's just one of those wonderful stories that hasn't made it onto the web and hasn't become a meme and hasn't been yeah. revived and totally... I don't know, just splat- splattered over every single site. It's just a nice, it's just a beautiful thing that that was apparently, you know, as popular as the woman scratching her bum kind of poster, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, the old Athena, nineteen thirties Athena, yeah, yeah. It's, but, um, it's really, really nice. We'll post a post a picture of the image because you could just look at it for hours. So I'd love to get a copy of it. I think there is. A, I found a website that is producing um, prints of it now. Yeah, but it's, but it's in the states, so. Um, but it'd be nice to put on my daughter's wall. Yes, but I, lo- I love illustr- children's illustrations like that, that naive form. 
It's like it, it, when I first uh, opened it, and it was it was uh, pixelated when it first came up. And I thought it was going to be a um, Hieronymus Bosch. Yes, that's what uh, I thought from the because distance. Because it, it's a little bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. But it's like the you know the the other side of Hieronymus Bosch. It's the it's the kind of beautiful sort of idyllic pastoral side rather than the you know the hellish yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of his were like. Um, were paintings that uh, that opened out, didn't they? So you yeah. started with the sort of the naive, and then you opened, and you were in hell. Um, yeah, I love. But yeah, it's love, really, really lovely. Bosch. Yeah, uh, well found. So that's my site, and, uh, and then I posted another one, which was just a stupid one of um, somebody has taken the time to take the Doom Two engine and put uh, Seinfeld's apartment inside it, <laughs> <laughs> so that you can Why? scroll around. So that, that was that YouTube link. I, I see. <laughs> I haven't got a website. There's the music. Yes. Uh, I haven't got a website of the week this week. Um, I'll come back stronger next week with uh, something interesting. And now on to pies. Oh, a jingle. I like it. Oh, can you hear that? No. Oh, I'll mix that in. Okay. That was the Do- it was Doom 2 music, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right, so what have you got? I have got... Um, a, uh, a slice of chicken, ham, and leek lattice pie from Sainsbury's from their deli counter, um, and my wife has just brought it up to me. It seems to be a bit missing, so I don't know whether she dropped it or she ate it. Um, so it's uh, it's very nice. Um, I'm having it warm. Um, I'll just go in. Hmm. It's really. It tastes like you know. Um, have you seen those recipes where you can make chicken pies from Campbell's condensed soup? Yeah. It tastes like that, which isn't a terrible thing. It's kind of that really nice, sort of wholesome, creamy, chickeny um, flavour. But that's really nice. Um, the pastry is a little bit soft, um, but it's quite it's quite nice. Sort of puff pastry lattice on the top. Um, so that's not bad, and I'm uh, I'm swilling that down with a brew dog, punk IPA, um, which is a very fine beer. I like brew yeah. dog stuff. I like I like the size of it, the t- the small tins. Uh, is that a tin? Oh no, I've got a bottle. Right, yeah, because I've got some Welsh ones. I can't remember what they're called, but they're similar. They've just ripped off their branding, basically. Yeah, um, and it's got that really high American um, hop. You know, yep. IPA taste to it, yeah. Um, but I find too, you know, big of a whole pint of it is just too much for me. But a little can, really, really like those. Um, yeah, my, my, I'm having a. Jess has bought me a a bottle of Old Rascal, which is a Thatcher's cider. It's right. it's it's trying to be. Um, it's a. It says it's a full bodied medium dry, but it's actually quite sweet, and it just tastes like a rebadged normal cider. Yeah. Um, so not great, but it, she got it because um, it's, it's all right. It's just too sweet for me. Uh, I've got a pork and apple pie from Sainzo's, uh, and uh, again, I think is that's that, going to be too sweet. Is that like a little sort of miniature bite size thing? No, it's medium size. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very sweet. It's got pepper on top, which is nice. A bit of jelly. It's just it's a standard. Pork pie, but quite sweet. Goes with the cider well. What would you um, uh, give that? Six. Yeah, I think mine gets a six as well. Yeah, pretty average week. Yeah, I'm going to come back with something (laughs) spectacular next week, even after I make it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Have you made, I was going to say, have you made any more pies lately, but um, you've only got um, bits of kitchen, haven't you? Yeah, Um, I will make a pie. Uh, Well, let's make a pie for next week. You make a pie, I'll make a pie. Okay. There's a challenge for you. Okay, and I've, yeah, you've done that in front of our, the, the people of Guam will be expecting a pie handmade next week, so. I imagine uh, a pie in tropical would, would be fairly sweaty quite soon, a pork pie especially. You'd imagine so, wouldn't you? You'd, yeah. never, you'd never get a crisp uh, crisp crust in uh, no. Guam, no. would you? Soggy bottoms in Guam, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, anything else to report? Um, no, I was thinking, I'll just throw this out there. Um, you were talking about kind of less design news, do some illustration stuff. Definitely, I'll, I'm going to 
kind of gather some illustration bits and pieces together. But I also want to do, maybe we could um, uh, have a special episode on space. Yeah. Because you know, I'm really interested in space. I know you find it fascinating. Um, and there's kind of lots of interesting stuff going on at the minute with space and private space exploration and stuff like that. So um, I think maybe we can, and we, we can talk about the design of space and, you know, our sci-fi typography and, you know, there's lots of stuff for us to. Okay. Well, why don't we just do that next week um, and just change it up a bit? Cause yeah. you know, nobody wants to listen to design news all the time. Yeah. No, or us moaning about clients. Uh, there will still uh, be pies, yeah. however. Yes, of course. Always pies. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, well, so next week, space. We're going, we're, we're we're off on a journey. Yes, the final frontier. Okay. Um, uh, as we venture further away from Earth, I hope that next week we're still broadcasting from Europe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a nice way to uh, to forget about all that for an hour. Yeah, it was good. Um, just yeah, silence the uh, the in- incessant chatter. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, well, I'm feeling pretty confident. So um, hopefully next week I'll still be European. I'm yes. proud of it. Me too. Yes. All right, mate. All right, really good to talk to you, John. Yeah, you too. Sequence stars were no good for making time in this life.